0: Hello and welcome to the When Wrestlers Act podcast. I'm John Cronshaw, and I'm joined today by Dean Ellison. How you doing, Dean?
1: I'm very well, John. Good to be back in the
0: When Wrestlers Act podcast studio. Yes, the fine studio in uh, the heart of Leeds. We've just watched what can only be described as wrestling isn't wrestling. This was a strange short film that I found on YouTube.
1: It really was.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really know where to start with it. It's, it was. Um, I had a few emails about it from people saying, you've got to watch this, you should review this. A few people on Twitter saying we should do it. So They I, were right. Yeah.
1: Listen to your audience, they've <laughs> guided you well. I mean, I've never heard of this and it's a right gem.
0: Yeah, um, if you've not watched it, go and watch it now. Or go and watch it after you've listened to this anyway. It's basically the story of Triple H told in a very bizarre way. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah. I mean, you and me, we used to
1: go watch wrestling at Fab Cafe Leeds before it faced its untimely closure. Long time coming, but it happened. And you'd get into drunken arguments with people with the crackpot passionate theories about wrestling. And this uh, documentary, it's kind of one of them. It's just a guy ranting about why wrestling and Triple H is as good as Game of Thrones. But then all the characters are acted out by some random women in bizarre sequences.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the key to this: is all of the all of the dialogue is done by the main guy, and and it's kind of cut in with um, Triple H, and and all the all the main characters are played by women. So Triple H is a woman, Shawn Michaels is a woman, uh, Batista is a woman. All, but all, all the women in it are played by men. Yeah, so it's very strange.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And yeah, so when they talk, it's actually the guy who's doing the voices as well. So it's, yeah, it's it's really odd. What kind of struck me, first of all, is the guy who was the narrator. Would you disclose him? I suppose he was.
1: Yes. Yes, we were hearing his story, really, weren't we?
0: Yeah, so he, his basic argument was is that what wrestling fans usually hear is that wrestling isn't real. And he had the guys out of Mythbusters saying, "No, you know it's not real, don't you? In the first 10 seconds from this, we were hit with Adam and Jamie from Mythbusters. It cuts to the
1: narrator, who's such a cool dude. He's wearing a Motorhead t-shirt with the sleeves cut off, so it's like a vest, and drinking a bottle of beer like a badass. Yeah, he was, he was quite a badass. Against a white backdrop.
0: Yeah, and um, it was quite a good chair as well. I thought, I thought yeah, the, chair was comfortable. A, the chair was good a good chair. Good
1: lumbar support. Yeah. It allowed for a good bit of leaning in, to stress his point. Yeah. And, and then leaning back. To let the point breathe.
0: Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. And, um, I mean, the motorhead thing, I mean, let's let's put cards on the table here, Dean. Let's, you know, full disclosure. How many full times, disclosure. How many times have you been to see motorhead? <laughs> a good few, a good few. Come on, you must be uh, keeping count. 28. 28. Yeah. I've been to see motorhead once, and that was with you. I've never been bad- badass enough to wear uh, <laughs> a motorhead
1: cut-off vest, though.
0: Yeah, but now you've seen One day. it. Now you've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the look, anyway. A beer. of
1: beer in my hand. Yeah. Rant about wrestling.
0: I'll
1: make friends. I'll make friends and influence people. Yeah. Do you think that was a nod to the Motorhead Triple H crossover?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're, uh, I think it must have been. I must think it must have been. been. So it was, it was quite interesting. I, th- I thought this was actually really, really critical of Triple H. Throughout, it was scathing at points, <laughs> but he kept kind of having the little um caveat of saying he's my favorite wrestler, he's the best wrestler. It was kind of scathing of as him as an
1: individual but praising his story arc over a 15 year period, yeah, which takes uh, some hindsight and detailed thinking to do, yeah. No, I I've... came out of it liking a bit Triple H a bit more than uh, <laughs> when I went in. It's probably seen him instead being represented by a young woman rather than a man in underpants.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is that. I think that did help. Yeah, it's like, Batista? What? Batista's played by a hot woman? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so we we get this thing of wrestling isn't real, and he's almost outraged that people would even use that argument. He's like, do you think when we watch it, we don't know it's not real? For God's sake, there's leprechauns, there's a, <laughs> there's a wizard, there's evil cheerleaders. Yeah, I mean, the argument... Absolutely flawless in that respect. The examples he gave were, were daft, but...
1: yeah, Oh, uh, they were daft, but they proved the point. Yeah, no, it was good.
0: Um, so the first, it, it, I suppose it was in... Um, was it in four? I think it was in four acts, really, wasn't it, this? That's right. Um, so the first act of this was called Sex and Money. This basically detailed... Um, I suppose Triple H's early WWE career, WWF, whatever it was at the time... Unfortunately, he missed out Triple H's um, WCW career as Terror Rising, <laughs> and um, I can't remember, bloody hell, what they called. He, he had a French gimmick. He was a bad Frenchman. He was really? an evil Frenchman. I never knew. Have you thought? See, oh, you no, know, was he a uh, stripy tops and baguettes? It wasn't. No, it was more like a the um,
1: a French Duke, to be honest. <laughs> and um, till he got refined down to um, an. English aristocratic. No,
0: he wasn't. He wasn't English. He was a. What was he when he was Hunt it, Hurst Helmsley? He was from um, Connecticut. He was one of like the Connecticut elite, the uh, rich blue bloods. But we all know where they came from. Yeah. Well, exactly. The the wasps. You know, yes. the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant types. So yeah. So it, it kind of detailed, I suppose, Triple H going in, getting his ass handed to him as this posh guy, makes friends with um, what he describes as like a kind of feminised stripper <laughs> kind of character in Shawn Michaels. And it's great. They illustrate this by having a woman pretending to be a stripper. So, yeah, thumbs up for that. So what they do as well is they they outline what wrestling was, I suppose, in the 80s, and they show a clip of Manslam, which is um, a, a one guy going, oh, I'm an American, and the other one going, oh, I'm a Russian. And then they have like a really bad... Really bad kind of wrestling match. On, on the beach. On a beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the irony of this is, I mean, we're recording this on the day <laughs> of the WWE payback pay-per-view. Um, and I think for the last few, including this one, last few pay-per-views, one of the kind of key matches is John Cena versus Rusev for the, <laughs> for the American title. Some good gimmicks just never die. Yeah. That one will always work. It's an, it's an age-old American Superman versus the Russian bad guy. Yay! Woo! Doesn't, doesn't always play well in this country, but, you know. The birth of DX is brought to us
1: in black and white with a whole lot of neon drawn on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so Shawn Michaels is where... Uh, the woman representing the man that is Shawn Michaels is uh, frolicking in a, a neon uh, ballerina tutu. Yeah. On a black and white background. It's all pretty surreal.
0: Yeah, and um, they're they're doing all the suck my vagina, suck my dick. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I have to admit, you have much more
1: notes than me on this because I think at this point I was still just so engrossed with the whole <laughs> concept of and what was going on.
0: My notes are literally bullet points here. I've got DX as my notes, so <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the thing. This like my notes could just be a plotted thing of um, Triple H's career more than notes for this uh, film, but who cares? And then this is a bit where we get a bit of a a little cameo. Well, there's many cameos in this. It is literally layers and layers and layers of cameos. Um, We get Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green wanting to buy a, um, what is it, a Suck My Dick t-shirt for $5. Yeah, eat my vagina (laughs) t-shirt. So, yeah. And introduces China at this point as well. A man (laughs) in a
1: tiny, tiny, tiny bikini. Yeah, it was
0: (laughs) so creepy. (laughs) <laughs> that that was possibly the worst thing on this, to be honest. Because it was it was so close to what China actually is.
1: I think it's a good statement of how China was represented back in those horrible dark days. Again, not that that has changed much now.
0: No, no. This is the bit where you get a bit of a reference to Dave Meltzer. Here we go. I bet you didn't get get this one. No, over my so, head. There we go. So in in Wrestling Observer at this time... Dave Meltzer wrote that um, Triple H was a B-plus player. He says, you know, he's, he's very good, but he's basically a B-plus player. So this line, the B-plus player thing, flashes up on the screen. It says a B-plus player. And then it's one that Triple H goes on to use against Daniel Bryan in the WWE. I see. So there you go. The thing
1: in. about um, the recurring theme through this is Triple H struggling with wanting to be accepted and loved and be the best, yeah. despite the fact... He's a B-plus player, he just hasn't got it. I think they describe him as um, acting as a psychopath, but he's not the scariest psychopath.
0: Yeah, yeah, because they, they bring, you know, the show, um, who else is there, like The Rock and Stone Cold and um, Mankind, Yeah. so... <laughs> a notably slimmer version of Mankind. <laughs> slimmer, hotter version of Mankind, <laughs> yeah. So the, at this point, we get Act 2, which is called Changing the Game, this is where it's basically the second wave of DX. So you've got the first one. In fact, you know what they missed out, to be honest? They didn't have, because when DX formed, do you know who was in DX? I do not. The original DX. Okay, so you had Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China. You also had Rick Rude. He wasn't oh, there. yeah. Yeah, so where was Rick Rude in this? They could have done a great Rick Rude, to be honest. They covered X
1: Pack. Yeah. i X Pack, my special skill is. Uh...
0: X-Pack! <laughs> yeah, and then there's just a bit of a... I don't know, I think, I think if that was done in this country, you would have had just tumbleweed going across and... <laughs> yeah, but instead there was just some weird, like, wong yeah. noise. Um, so, yeah, he, he basically... The, the narrator, or whatever it's called, he, he basically says that Triple H picks up these guys from the side of the road. So you've got Road Dog, who spells his name funny. You've got Billy Gunn, who's got an ass. <laughs> and you've got X-Pack. And he's ex so yeah. It hey, reminds of uh, the shoe people where they each
1: had their flaws, and one of them had the flaw simply being French. <laughs> no,
0: that wasn't shoe the shoe people. That was the Raggy Dolls. Raggy Dolls. Yeah, yeah. of course. Why would yeah. be a French shoe? Well, I don't know what what is a French shoe. The Raggy Dolls had Hi-Fi. He he was a stuttering um, radio guy, wasn't he? That's right. They had. You wouldn't get away with that these days. Yeah, they had Princess, who who was not really scratty. They had Lucy, whose arms fell off. They had Dottie, who was covered in paint. Sad Sack, who didn't have any fur, he was just Hessian. <laughs> and then Claude, who was French. Was one of them back to front? Back one? to front, his head was on backwards, yeah. Yeah, and Claude, who was French. Simple flaw. <laughs> yeah. It, like, honestly, that's. Uh, I think that is racist. I think that, that is racist. If it wasn't a Frenchman, if it was a black man or a, or an Asian man,
1: yeah. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't go for that. But then again, I can't remember every episode, so who knows what wacky adventures the Raggedy Dolls got themselves into. They weren't very good. What wacky off-topic adventures.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is a bit where um, Triple H is in his career. He kidnaps, drugs, marries Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. And But the audience still hate
1: him. Is this where we get our first scene of an arena and Cold Cabana? is in the audience uh, leading the booing against Triple H.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he's either one who goes get the tomatoes and then bounce yeah. in with the tomatoes. And I noticed Chris Daniels was there. And Kazarian. Yeah, and Crime Time. Yeah. Yeah. He must have just sent out an email of,
1: uh, who wants to come in a
0: booing effigy of Triple H? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is where the relationship between Stephanie McMahon and Triple H is raised, and, and he goes, oh, wait, surely... You know, if a guy kidnaps someone, drugs them, forces them to marry them, he should get sent to prison. It's like, no, because it's wrestling, it's not real. Perfect argument. Flawless
1: <laughs> Still can't get that message through to people though, can you?
0: No. So yeah, this is this is the bit as well where um we get introduced to the sledgehammer. He bops all the DXs on the head.
1: Yeah, we keep we start to get um Images of him as a power crazed and insecure megalomaniac constantly arming himself with a tough crowd, training them up, getting concerned that they're a bit better than him and then getting them knocked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. While all the time he's holding on to the title Yeah. because that's the most important thing to him. And all the time saying to them all, you're my best friend. (laughs) And then going, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. It was. It was good. It was. It is a big Game of thrones Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, what's his name, Theon Greyjoy, maybe. Yeah. How he's like, yeah, you're you're my you're my friends, and I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. So. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. The next act is called "Survival of the Fittest." Yeah, this is where he talks about him building an insulating shell around him, and he introduces Ric Flair. And this is brilliant. This might actually have been one of my favourite bits of the thing. Ric Flair's introduced as like this old leathery, insane guy, who's um, you know who goes woo all the time. Yeah. And then he's just like, "Look, I know when you explain things in wrestling, sometimes they sound a bit shit, but trust me, Ric Flair's awesome." He's like, "Who can argue with that?" Yeah. Uh, he's like, "No, seriously, Ric Flair's fucking awesome." <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's again, it's flawless, flawless logic. We get introduced to Randy Orton, who's basically introduced as a snake. <laughs> a man-snake. Uh, what, a man-snake? Like a man-snake, isn't he? Hissing. Yeah. yeah, and then Batista, who just beats up everyone. And I think there's a there's a thing where he sends Batista to attack the internet, <laughs> and he goes and beats up a laptop and throws it into a pond.
1: For some reason, uh, Batista is represented as some kind of
0: uh, Amazonian. I wasn't quite sure why. Well, Batista's like a big, huge guy, isn't he? So... You know, why not? I do like the
1: bit where he points out he had Batista on his team because if he wants, he could beat you up and throw you into space and through the moon and into deep space and you'll die. (laughs) Which is kind of the character he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) So,
0: yeah, so um, that reminds me, we should watch that at some point and do a review, yeah? Yeah.
1: Batista has the best line in the whole film. Well oh,
0: don't spoil it for me. I'm saving it, I'm saving it, dude. But you'd love the line. I'm sure I would. But shh, just, you just spoil Game of Thrones. Just, so I've watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> now, so, um, sure, Michaels comes back, and um, there's a bit, bit of awkwardness. He's like, "Oh, you're my best friend. I'm gonna fucking kill go you." And then, yeah, his insecurity about Shawn Michaels, and they, they have a feud for about a year. And while they're feuding, who steps in but Chris Benoit? It, it's good to see a light
1: hearted reference to Chris Benoit. It is, it is. And his goofy missing tooth. Yeah. His, no references to his goofy, messed up, shrunken, damaged brain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, it was just, yeah, Chris Benoit <laughs> takes a title. And I'm sure there's a ref in that scene who is a wrestler
1: or celebrity or TV personality. But I couldn't catch who it was. Right. So uh,
0: they were, they, they came thick and form. fast. They That's really right. You had to pay attention. Yeah. It's like the Macaulay Colkin like Yeah. Seth Green. Weird. Um, so yeah. So so then what is it? The yeah. So Chris Benoit wins a title. Benoit. Yeah. Sorry, we'll beep. We'll beep that out. We'll beep at the Benoit one. Um, and then Batista, what is it? Oh, no, Randy Orton gets the title from him and Triple H beats uh, beats Randy Orton and then Batista gets the title from Triple H. So, yeah. Uh, Batista gets the um,
1: money in the bank, doesn't he? And Triple H is trying to say, oh, you wouldn't attack me. You don't want a title. You don't want us to fight. But it doesn't work out. They do fight and he loses. Yeah. So. Is this where it cuts to Triple H in the shower, crying and asking Ric Flair for help? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's going, oh, please! It, it, it's it's just this like real kind of insecure woman crying, <laughs> crying in the bath and going, oh, just please tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. <laughs> no, this stuff is fucked up. Yeah, and then Ric Flair, Ric Flair does one, and then goes to TNA. That wasn't the thing, but that's what happened. Um, so where are we at? Oh, there we go. Okay, So then we get the next act, which is called The Starving Lion.
1: Is this where he introduces it with a hold on to your suspension of disbelief as the story just gets ultimately more
0: convoluted and far-fetched? no, no. Not quite. Not quite. So at this point, we're introduced to John Cena. (laughs) Yeah. And he has a bit of a rant about why John Cena is... ...isn't the best character.
1: I don't think it's an argument people will be unfamiliar with.
0: Yeah. It's basically that su- the, 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 the he's Superman, that he's bland, that he smiles and shrugs off losses, that um, he always Shrews wins. Off a beat down. Yeah, that he, he doesn't care, that nothing's yeah. at stake, and he always wins.
1: When they said he was just like Superman, I thought we were in for a revelation that John Cena was gay and Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> what? Superman? There's so much stuff out there written about how (laughs) Superman is Jewish. Really? Yeah. I thought he was from... It might be fan fiction. From a completely different planet. Where else would you put one of the Lost Tribes of Israel? Why do you think they call them Lost? Flawless. Uh
0: Flawless. Flawless argument. Yep. Okay. Um, So this is the point where we get Shawn Michaels and uh, Triple H lying on a beach, talking to each other and... Like like yeah you know how we're best friends we should do DX again. And Shawn Michaels is like I'm 45 what what why would we do that? And he's like oh it'll be great. So they do DX again,
1: but pointing out that it's a PG area now. So yeah.
0: You're all alone. The poop. Yeah. You're the caca face. <laughs> See my bogeys. See <laughs> <In> my bogeys. <laughs> this is where Shawn Michaels is bored and decide he's going to fight the undertaker. <laughs> yeah. at WrestleMania make his Legacy. Yeah. So this is the next act called The End of the Road. And this is where we get the line about um what, what is it? The suspension of this Hold Go- on to your suspension of disbelief. Cuz then they, then the then they introduce
1: the Undertaker and say now we have to follow Kirk for that. The Undertaker is a wizard who killed three children and doesn't get on with his evil brother Kane, and has a friend called
0: Paul. Yeah. He, he, oh, he, I mean, he, you put it like that, it sounds a bit daft. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, and he's, he's surrounded by all these people with hoods, and, yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> But move
1: past that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Suspend your disbelief. So they, they, they tell the story, about basically, about the um, Shawn Michael and Undertaker's two WrestleMania matches, which, if you're not a wrestling fan... Try and find them. Have a look at them. Watch those matches because they are fucking awesome. They're some of the best wrestling matches you'll ever see. If you don't like them, then there's no hope for you when it comes to wrestling. But oh, you allowed to swear on this podcast? I can do what I want. It's my podcast. Damn right. (laughs) Yeah. So um, yeah, it's not. It's not like it's going. It's not like anyone's listening. Or (laughs) you know. So we move on from. um,
1: We have the first Undertaker Shawn Michaels match. He's defeated. Then Sean is asking, uh, Sean and Triple H are lying on a big fluffy bed, and Sean says, should I fight Undertaker again? If I lose, I have to uh, quit forever. Triple H says, yes, you must fight him. <laughs> he <laughs> promptly loses. Yeah. We have a really sad montage. We have a very sad clip, a bit like um, the end of the Incredible Hulk TV series of Walking sadly down the road, a defeated Shawn Michaels in lady form, in black and white, walking off into the distance. With emotional music. <laughs> yeah. Except it's kind of... It's just kind of... <laughs> kind of emotional... Um, kind of comedic emotional music. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like if if South
0: Park were to do it. Yeah. But I think a lot of the humour in this is kind it of... It is South, very South, South Park. Park. <laughs> <they? Yeah. laughs> um, so then we get, we get the... You know, Shawn Michaels leaving, and then suddenly Triple H is very happy, Yay. and there's a rap, and I don't know if you heard the lyrics to the rap, and it said it's about celebrating, and it said something about my dick falling off. That was that was one of the lyrics. Don't know if you caught that. I did not. Yeah. So I don't I don't know why that's appropriate for anyone. <laughs> I I would not want to be at a party where my penis fell off. That wouldn't be a party. Be it would have to have a lot of other... Tragedy.
1: Uh, ...highlights and events and fascinating food and drink and people for to come out of that party with an overall gain <laughs> of experience.
0: <laughs> so this is, this is the point where, where Triple H decides to go against The Undertaker. And he goes, and then he loses. And then he decides to fight him again. And then he loses again. So
1: And at which point is it, is it he says... And now that Triple H is in charge, he says, I'm going to fight the Undertaker, but it has to be a steel cage match. And I have to be allowed my trademark sledgehammer. And I get to have Shawn Michaels as dreadful when he still loses.
0: Yeah. This is a point where we get corporate Triple H.
1: You've missed a good bit where I've, well, I, well, I thought it was a good bit, where Triple H is trying to convince himself that even though he didn't win the match against Undertaker, he still landed a lot of blows and, he kind of won, and he did a good job, <laughs> and he hit Undertaker pretty hard. <laughs> and he's trying to convince himself that he is good. He is good,
0: yeah. And that he won, really. <laughs> and Undertaker's like, no, that's not how it works. That's the will rematch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so this this is where we get introduced to the um, corporate uh, Triple H,
1: and yeah, it flashes back to the start where Degeneration X were the anti corporate. Wild young kids, new kids on the block mm. shaking up
0: the foundations
1: and of course to triple H now who's in a boardroom.
0: Yeah, saying so my wife says you need to do this and that. So that was good. Um so he he kinda of makes this argument about him um, how he's now in the position where he, he gets to choose a champion. Yeah. That's that's the thing, he's like, you know, he's he's spent so long putting so much um kind of weight into this this symbol, this the championship thing that he was never really good enough to hold. That now he thinks he's he's the man because he's the one deciding who's going to be fighting for the championship. And then it has the spanner in the works. So it goes on to the next act. Next act called "Blood on the Throne," and it introduces what it describes as a uh, vegan. <laughs> hipster, what is it? A, a ve- vegan hipster gnome. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Um, Daniel Bryan, the vegan hipster gnome. Yeah,
1: which you know has a three-word description of someone. Go, that's pretty hard to knock.
0: Well, it's it's accurate. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, okay, that d- does describe him perfectly. Yeah, it does take a
1: bit of the sheen off him.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, he's, he's. I don't know. He he is clearly more of a Daniel Bryan fan than Triple H because he goes, you know, Daniel Bryan's the guy who can prove that. You know, if you've got a strange face and you've got heart, it doesn't matter if you're not very good at acting. Um, you know, you can you can be the best best in wrestling.
1: He was the uh, start of that year of bearded underdogs taking the world by storm.
0: Yeah, that's it. So, they have they basically do Brian's story of, um last year's Mania where he beats Triple H quite easily and then goes on to defeat Triple H's best mates of Randy Orton and uh, Batista to win the WWE cha- Championship or whatever it was called. It's
1: just towards the end that I think this uh, short film threw it all down the shitting pan when it started having, it was drawing into the conclusion and it started doing that really dreadful MasterChef X-Factor kind of we're building up to a happy conclusion music. Yeah. You know, the horrible background music. The, the, and it just really, oh, made me cringe. The meaning. The meaning, the the yeah. listen. Yeah. Woo like, we've learnt, we loved, we've come together.
0: Yeah. The inspiration. Inspiration music. Yeah. Oh that's oh, oh, bad. Do you think it was meant to be a parody? I hope it was. it wasn't though, was it? It wasn't it a parody. Wasn't. It, it was wasn't. it was impassioned
1: to highlight to show his passion.
0: Yeah. And it, it it wasn't very good. I mean, I don't know. I mean this is this is a type of thing that like a couple of uh Cynical thirty somethings who were reviewing TV shows about wrestling or whatever might not kind of enjoy maybe this maybe this actually goes over really well with a certain subsection of the audience for me
1: I think maybe you just generally wouldn't notice unless you were generally bitter and twisted and hated any signs of people having fun it's not that it's just Oh, just, just if you just hate predictable format, if uh, the fourth wall's been broken for you, and you see all these horrible little uh, strategies yeah. and habits that cross permeate so many TV shows to tell you you're all speaking the same language. Yeah, now it's bastards. It, it, it,
0: it, it, it was like the is the third person saying you're through on X Factor. Yeah, and then they play the play the big music. It was
1: like a musical candle kind of laughter really, isn't it? Tells you how to feel. Which was a shame, because up to this point, I'd been quite engrossed and had suspended disbelief and was really enjoying the story, but then did that, reminding me that it's still another shitty TV show. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so close. So I It mean, feels uh, hard to knock it, though, because it was quite uh, good. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, his, his basic thing was that, um, what is it he talks about? He talks about how we're all basically bored, that we all need creative stuff, we all need stuff that's going to, um, trigger our imaginations. We, we all need to be entertained. Yeah, we need storylines and we need melodrama and we need we need to be entertained. And we need to be entertained now. It's like oh, yeah, yeah. oh. Um, and it's, we all need the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that's it. It was like it, it was he was kind of drawing all these parallels between, you know, it's like going, you know, it's Phantom of the Opera, it's comic books, it's it's life. It's it all got
1: to be preachy. <laughs> oh,
0: it's like, yeah. I, I didn't like that at all. Um, hey, he was passionate and the the music told you he was passionate. The music as let well. me
1: know he was passionate. That yeah. just meant everything to
0: him. I'm I'm surprised it wasn't uh. it wasn't like a cold play song. Yeah you know what <laughs> I mean? You know that one that goes like do it was like The one the ripped off craft work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that was a different song, I think. <laughs> to be honest. The ripped off someone, let's be yeah. honest. So yeah, so I mean it basically talks about how You know, wrestling's quite unique because it has given you this uh, 20-year story arc of, you know, this guy who's... I think he summarises him as, like, a a snob who um, isn't very good. A snob with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, a snob with a chip on his shoulder who isn't very good. He isn't good enough, but he does everything he can to kind of uh, be in the position so people will like him. Which is scathing. That's a scathing critique. I do like that we missed it, sorry, but going back,
1: there's a bit where it shows Triple H winning over the audience just by saying, hey, John Cena, you suck. Yeah, yeah. And they'll start cheering for him, and Triple, in chips and triple H chips
0: him with, Triple <laughs> H, Triple H, Triple H. And he goes, I'm better than Shawn Michaels, aren't I? He's like, well, beat beat John Cena first <laughs> to <till we'll> see. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. Um, so, yeah, so it was it was a bit of a the ending... I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people will jump on us for this. I'm sure this will be controversial. But
1: yeah, I think in post production, uh, just tone down this bitterness.
0: No, I think. I think <laughs> this is this is the thing. It it, it was, it was like the um, the fly in the ointment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the shit in your chocolate fountain. It was the half a worm in your apple. Yeah. It was the ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife.
1: It's your 10,000 spoons when all you need is one spoon
0: there's <laughs> just too many spoons to choose from
1: so It's just too much yeah but I really enjoy this this is one of the favourite things of mine that we've watched so far because I did generally feel it was engrossing and it was really really me it was
0: right okay so it made you think it wasn't just that like the ending aside the guy had to kind of basically have a plenary or you know some kind of summing up yeah. I don't know why it was what it was, but the rest of it was fucking brilliant. Because the story holds true, didn't it? Yeah, it there's... all made
1: sense, everything he said. Yeah. And normally when someone's ranting off with some mad theory, it's just so boring to listen to them, but this was different.
0: No, it was, it was really good. The production values were excellent. The humour in it was... I mean, it was basically South Park humour. Yeah. Um, which is great, so it's... <laughs>
1: You know, well, it was good South Park humour. It became a bit more satirical.
0: Yeah, and then like South Park, near the end, it got a bit preachy. So, yeah, <laughs> you know.
1: Um, I love a good apt analogy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's, that's that. And the final, final, final bit after the credits is a, uh, I think it's a bit of Bill Goldberg with his son, and his son goes, uh, "You know it's but- fake, don't you?" He says, "It's not fake." It's predetermined, son. Yeah. <laughs> Great. In our summary, it featured
1: Goldberg. Therefore, there was a wrestler acting. Therefore, it's entitled to inclusion in this series. There's lots of wrestlers <laughs> who were in this. There's very, very glimpse... Uh, fleeting glimpses of wrestlers. I think Colt is the only one who actually has the line.
0: Yeah, but like Chris Daniels, he, I was convinced that he was in that audience. You yeah. know what I mean? I was convinced that he was an audience member cheering... There is big shots at to of full not a full arena, a full TNA impact
1: zone yeah. maybe, so full small arena. And you can instantly see lots of familiar faces, but you're trying to take it all in at once. Yeah. That's yeah, part of the
0: fun. Yeah. No, it was it was as I say, it was uh, most enjoyable. Yeah. Well uh, recommended everybody. Yeah. I, I, I actually think that when we do the ending to this I'm gonna edit in some like um you know inspirational music. <laughs> Over our ranting. Yeah. Because then it it, it means that it's passionate and yeah. heartfelt.
1: And then we care. And then, But then it's like crescendo. Yeah. Psh, it always does the heartfelt build up and psh, a crescendo. Yeah. Where oh. the... Yeah.
0: Where, oh, that was it. The crescendo, the crescendo where the music stopped. We didn't put this in. Oh, yeah. And he goes, you know... Wrestling, what is it? Wrestling is. You just have fake. to remember,
1: Crescendo, wrestling isn't wrestling. Yeah. He names the show. Yeah.
0: Hey, yeah. So goes full circle. So makes you think. Yeah. It was alright. Yeah. I um as I say, good, highly recommended. And it's free because it's on YouTube. Yay. You don't need Netflix, you don't need a um you know a good torrent provider. <laughs> <laughs> um you just need you just need to go online, type in wrestling isn't wrestling and it's there. And I'll look this up, apparently um Triple H really likes it as well. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: It's jolly good humour. Yes, it does him 'em kinda well.
0: Yeah. Well oh, there we go. Big
1: bigger hatchet job's done. Hasn't there?
0: Yeah, that Ultimate Warrior document. Yeah, about to say, <laughs> <the> Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> right. Well, no, so, as always, we've got the Twitter. It's at podcast. Follow us on there. If you enjoy the show, we've got whenwrestlersat.com. Share one of the episodes with your friends. Share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, Reddit, wherever you like to share things. You know, spread the word. We don't charge you for this stuff. We just do it out, the, out of the kindness of our hearts. So, you know, spread the word, spread the love. We're on tuning Radio. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. And um, we'll be back in a fortnight reviewing something else. So, cheerio. Goodbye.